1: Welcome to Catitude. I'm your show host, Michelle Fern. Okay, what is the one thing that you always question about your cats? Well, for me, it's how to play with my cat because they're lazy and nothing seems to motivate them. So when I saw the opportunity to talk with someone who not only knows all about this, but wrote an amazing book about how to play with your cat, I thought, yes, yes. So, stay tuned. You will not want to miss this show. We'll be right back.
0: Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. Let's Talk Pets on
1: PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone. I would like to welcome Michael Marie Delgado, Ph.D. She just wrote the book, Play With Your Cat. It's the essential guide to interactive play for a happier, healthier feline and she is an author, cat behavior consultant at Feline Minds, and also wrote a book with Jackson Galaxy, which the title of it, something about mojo. Um, Total Cat
0: Mojo. <laughs>
1: Total Cat Mojo. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wanted to plug you more than him. Welcome, Michael. Thanks so much for coming on Catitude. Thank you so much for having me. So what I said in the intro is so true, so I have three cats, and they're not kittens. They're all senior, senior senior-ish. And it's such a challenge to get them to play. So I was so happy to read your book and so glad to have you on. But let's go back a little bit. What made you decide to write Play With Your Cat?
0: Yeah, I mean, I knew, well... I had a book agent before I had a book idea, and so she was very patient with me because I really didn't know if I wanted to write a book. I knew that I didn't want to write another book about how to make your cat well-behaved or how to solve all your behavior problems with your cats, even though that is what I do with my clients all the time. I wanted to do something that was going to be maybe more fun, and I had written a scientific review of the scientific literature on play, so all of the research that had been done on play behavior in cats. And as I was working on that paper with my friend Julie Hecht, I thought, hmm, I think there's something here that I could bring to a general audience of cat owners. And part of that was also informed by my experiences in the animal shelter and also working with cat owners who often said, kind of like you just did, my cats don't really play. And I always found that to be, one, a challenge. So I would always be like, okay, step aside, I'm going to show you how to play with your cat. And I could always get their cat to play. But two, it was just like, whoa, there's a lot of people that kind of give up easily on playing with their cat because they're not getting the response that they maybe expected or the cat doesn't respond like they did when they were a kitten, right? Kittens are very easy to play with as cats become adults. They are, you know, not quite as active as kittens. But if you think about why cats play and cats play because they hunt, then cats should play throughout their lifespan because if they were out on the streets they would have to hunt for their entire life to survive. So I knew that there was was something missing in people's understanding of why play behavior was important for their cats, why it's natural for their cats. And I really saw this as an opportunity to write a fun, hopefully fun, book and help people have a better relationship with their cat, help make their cat happier, and in the meantime, also perhaps prevent or solve some behavior problems, because I do use play as a big part of my behavior modification plans with my clients. Well,
1: we can talk about Charlotte later. She's, yes, we should. She's my behavior problem cat. <laughs> but back to the book. And you touched on this just previously. But what I do really like about your book is that it's not just this is how you play. You can do this, you can do that, DIY stuff and this, but you go through the behaviors like you, you know, just did as far as they hunt for prey. And that's, you know, that's just how they're wired. That's instinct. There's that I've heard different percentages, but they share like 95% of their DNA with their other feline friends out there in the wild. So this is what motivates them. And once I think the cat pet parent really gets that. Then they can understand a lot more about the whys of cat, and this is coming from me. That I had dogs first; I didn't have cats till for till adult, way adulthood. A cat adopted me, and that's how it started. Uh, so, which is yeah. so you talk about the behaviors and you know the golden rules of play and tips for play, but what was the purpose of going through the behaviors so that? The pet parent would really get what you were trying to explain.
0: I think people really don't think about how cats experience the world, right? We love our cats. Hopefully they're, you know, cuddling with us and hanging out with us and sleeping on the bed with us and all those, you know, warm, fuzzy things. But we often kind of think of them as small humans. And that can be a very dangerous way to approach you know, how we think about cats, it leads to misunderstandings, it leads to behavior problems when people don't understand what their cat needs. So in my perspective, when we're thinking about cats, we have to understand how they experience the world. For example, their sensory world, olfaction is much more important to them than vision, but we're very visual as humans. So we project a lot of how we experience the world onto our cats. For example, and I bring this up in the the book is like buying toys that we think are cute, right, like the pizza slice or the catnip lemon, and really trying to understand, like, how does that relate to how your cat sees that toy, right, like understanding what their visual acuity is or understanding what colors they see. So I really want people to understand their cat's sensory world. I want them to understand what natural behaviors are for cats, because that leads to a lot of misunderstanding. People don't realize that hunting is, like, the most important instinct that has stuck with them through evolution, through domestication. We've never selected cats to not be hunters. We really have not put a lot of selection pressure on them at all through domestication. Unlike dogs who we've really shaped some of their behaviors quite a bit, we haven't really done that with cats. So cats still have those very natural instincts to hunt, to mark their territory, to scratch, to climb. And these are all things that we need to provide outlets For our cats so that they can be happy pets understanding that when we keep them primarily indoors with us we are restricting their lifestyle we're limiting their activities so we have to do whatever we can to give them appropriate outlets for those behaviors and hunting is one of those behaviors that we should be providing them with an outlet for and that we can do through playing with them with interactive toys
1: before i get to and we'll probably do this in the second half of the show I want to ask about your favorite toy but before we get to that you talk about the golden rules of play and I absolutely agree with you I think a lot of people are misunderstand how we should play with our cats and how we get you know frustrated because they're not playing how they should and you know I had I had to learn about cats and I still need to learn more about how to play with them, which is why I'm grateful for your book, Chance to Talk to You. And I'm sure plenty of the people listening out there are. Michael, you have the golden rules of play. And I just, as I was reading them, I thought, yes, that's so true. I learned that. Yes. So we're going to go through them because I think that's something important for pet parents to really get. So number one, don't scare your cat.
0: Yes. So, you know, I will say that I came up with these golden rules, mainly just to make some some of the key points of the book more digestible, right? I'm throwing a lot of information at people and I'm really trying to communicate, you know, effectively and in a user friendly way. But sometimes you need some bullet points and lists to really help people digest. And these are really based on things that I've observed, either watching visitors at the animal shelter, try to play with shelter cats or dealing with some of my clients who are trying to play with their own cats. And so what I'm really trying to get across here is that there are some big picture things to keep in mind because the other thing that I want this book to be is not like a step by step manual that you have to follow every single rule or you're doing it wrong. It's really like encouraging people to be scientists and to test things and to have fun and be creative and try new things and just see how their cat reacts and then kind of let that information guide them as they play with their cat because each cat is an individual they're gonna to respond to every toy differently and each person's you know, an individual. So I wanna say like, you know, these golden rules are, are ones that I feel are pretty broad that no matter the cat and the human, they should apply to almost everybody. And so the first one being don't scare your cat. And that's really understanding that when you're moving a toy, you can move it in a way that is exciting to your cat and brings out their inner hunter, or you can move it in a way that might be threatening. And so we're really trying to keep things in the realm of your cat feels safe, Your cat feels like a successful hunter they feel ready to pounce not that the um, toy is loud or scary or moving in a very erratic unnatural or um, intimidating way so just being thoughtful about your cat because i think you know we especially when i'm talking about cats as hunters right they're big tough hunters they're also prey animals so they can get intimidated by things that are loud and threatening and even when they're hunting they can be threatened by, say, a large rat. Like, they're not just like, oh, I'm gonna kill everything, right? They're making a lot of decisions before they hunt, before they make that final leap to kill a prey animal. They have to kind of decide like, is it safe for me to do that? And so when you're playing with them, you just want them to feel like it's safe for them to pounce on that toy. And that might mean making sure the toy is not so big or loud or being moved in a way that might intimidate your cat. That
1: makes total sense. Your second rule is safety first, which kind of goes without saying.
0: Well, yes.
1: You have to be safer.
0: What I really want, and I think, you know, my editors were very kind. I, You know, the book was probably another 20,000 words before it got edited down to the final version. And I, you know, certainly there were a few points that I really wanted to emphasize. And safety is one of them because people don't always know how dangerous some cat toys can be. And even how dangerous some household objects can be, things that your cat might want to play with, like hair ties, can become a dangerous situation if your cat swallows that hair tie. So you have to really supervise strings. You know, you see the, the kind of stereotypical picture of a kitten playing with a ball of yarn. Well, that ball of yarn is actually very dangerous. It can pre- present both a strangulation hazard and a choking hazard. So I always encourage people to store interactive toys when you're not playing with them with your cat. So anything with a stick and a string and something hanging on the end or a wire needs to be put away, locked away from your cat when you are not actively holding that toy. The other thing is just being aware of what small, what we call solo play toys, things that your cat will play with on their own, might also pose a danger. Like a ball of yarn would not be recommended. So with with the safety first, it really is just awareness of what could lead to a very expensive surgery for your cat or even like kill them versus just kind of being uh, aware when you're holding the toy that they're not getting tangled in it. So yeah, I'm a little bit of, I mean, I have a slightly anxious personality. I think, you know, I'm a a bit. Yeah. I just, you know, (laughs) my brain goes to the worst case scenario. So I just try to make sure that people are safe and because I'm encouraging use of interactive toys. I want to encourage responsible use so that no kitties are injured through playtime because playtime is supposed to be fun. Makes perfect sense. I like this next one. Don't annoy
1: your cat. (laughs) Sometimes we're playing in a way that we think, oh, this should be fun for them. And they're actually getting discouraged.
0: Yeah. And this really stemmed from watching people come into the shelter. So when I worked at the San Francisco SPCA, we had rooms where the cats lived. So it was a cage-free shelter. And so visitors from the public could come in to meet the cats before they adopted. And we'd often hand them a toy so they could play with the cat. And this was a good way to keep people safe and, you know, discourage people from just like constantly petting cats who were sometimes a little bit stressed in the shelter. And we were trying to prevent them from biting anybody or, you know, getting stressed further. So I had a lot of opportunities to watch how people played with cats. And what I noticed more than anything was that if the person didn't get an immediate response from the cat through moving the toy, so maybe they're just kind of waving the feather wand around. That and the cat's just laying there, like meh. Um, What they would often do is start tapping the toy on the cat's body, and the cat would often respond like they would turn their head and kind of look at the person, like, What are you doing? But in the person's mind, like, Oh, he's responding, so he's playing, right? Because maybe the cat was biting at the toy, but it wasn't because the cat was playing, it was because they were irritated. So, I really want to get across to people, and I I hope that this book does that and you know, just. First of all, setting expectations about what play looks like, because just because your cat's not doing backflips doesn't mean that they're not playing. And also just understanding that, you know, first of all, no mouse or bird is going to like walk up to your cat and start tapping them on the shoulder like, hey, play with me. Hey, hunt me. And so when we're using toys, we want to make sure we're acting like a bird would, would act, doing things that a mouse would do so that you're really tapping into, again, your cat's hunting instinct by behaving how... Their prey animals would behave. But again, you know, doing things that are going to irritate your cat, another example would be making it so hard for your cat to ever catch the toy that they don't get the physical contact with the toy. So like you're waving the wand way above your cat's body, right? And they're reaching up and they can never actually touch it. Well, part of hunting is making physical contact with that bird or mouse and putting it in their mouth and touching it with their paws and feeling it in their whiskers. And if you make it so hard for your cat to succeed, they are going to get bored and irritated. And so let's not do that.
1: And that was number four, letting them win, which which
0: Oh yeah, tied right into that. that. Yes. Exactly. <laughs>
1: and then this is something that I had to learn with my cats, no roughhousing. Because like I said, I grew up with dogs. And you know, dogs you can roughhouse. They're built for that. They're wired for that. Cats no. And even though there are times you'd like to well, Dennis, you can ask <laughs> a little bit, but mostly, most cats, no.
0: You're going to ask for an injury at some point. And I think, you know, I, I certainly talked to plenty of people in the, you know, 23 years I've been working with cats and their owners, people who are like, oh, I don't mind if he bites my hands or, you know, we like to wrestle. And that may be fine for you, but there's not a guarantee that one, your cat is enjoying that experience because a lot of times that kind of rough handling can be stressful. It sends your cat a mixed message about what hands are for so they can become really defensive about hands coming towards their their face or their body because they're really not sure what to expect. Are you going to pin them down and start, you know, fuzzling them really intensely and, and maybe uncomfortably? Or are you going to pet them and like want to snuggle and be, you know, gentle and cuddly? So in my mind, we really should not be encouraging cats to bite body parts. It can be bad for several reasons. You know, maybe someone in your house Is on blood thinners or has very thin skin. Maybe there are children in your home. Maybe you're not going to end up keeping your cat for your entire life. Or maybe, you know, I I hate to say it, but if you get hit by a bus and your cat ends up in a shelter and you've trained them to bite hands, I can tell you from firsthand experience that those cats do not like fly out the shelter door. And in some cases, they may face death if they have a history of biting and scratching people and they show those behaviors in some shelters. So what I'm really getting at here is that we have a responsibility to be kind and gentle to our cats and also to help them be kind and gentle pets.
1: Another point, and this I've learned from the wonderful people I've had on the Catitude all these years, cats have a lot of bacteria in their mouth. Oh. So yes. Bites and scratches are not good. I had one guest on ages ago and she, had, she was a holistic groomer and she had a bite and her arm blew up.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. She could end up in the hospital.
1: Yeah, she was. Her arm, she didn't go in. So you never know. And, and even if you don't have any, you know, medication or issues or something, it's just not a good thing. And to clarify, when I rough house with Dennis, it's you know, scratching his back a lot. I don't flip him around or anything. I don't want to get, I, I want <laughs> the record's great. I don't want um, people send me a hate email because, you know, I don't beat them up or anything. Okay, we're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. Molly, here's your dinner. Zeus, that's not your food.
0: Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat.
1: Let's talk pets. Let's
0: talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Pet
1: Welcome back, everyone. We're talking with Michael Maria Delgado. She wrote Play With Your Cat. This is such a fabulous book. We were just talking about the golden rules of play. Let's get into play now. Now, the top tips that I read for play, and I know that we talked about how, you know, you organize the book, but I think that when people think of tips, that kind of helps set a really good message, you know, as far as things to remember. So you put here, act like prey, move the toy slower, and vary your movement.
0: Yes, these are all, um, again, thinking about what play is for cats right it's hunting it's hunting behavior inside on things that are not alive so we're we're bringing life to the toys by moving them and I encourage people to you know I like to play videos occasionally for my cats on the tv they're one of my cats Ruby really loves tv and so you know sometimes we'll play the little bird and mouse videos and and she gets into those but I like to watch them too because then I, I kind of watch what the prey animals are doing and what she responds to, what kind of movements. And, you know, mice are kind of jumpy and they hop around and they go into holes. And so we can mimic these behaviors with the toys, which is really what I'm trying to get at is think about like, what do birds do? What do mice do? How do bugs fly? How do lizards crawl around? And do that with the toy, move the toy like the prey. And, you know, one of my other things that I I talk about a few times in the book is, is moving the toy very slowly. And this is very much, I think, a human thing is we're we're impatient by nature. We have a lot of distractions in our daily lives. We have, you know, I, I struggle with all of these things myself, dealing with my device time and focus and stepping away from technology and just allowing myself to enjoy playing with my cats without checking my cell phone. So I get it. But I think, you know, one thing is, is again, getting back to how cats hunt. So they don't just run around chasing a bird that's not how cats hunt if you've ever watched a cat hunt you know that they you know sneak up you know maybe they like crawl to a spot where they know a bird's going to show up maybe they're hanging out by a bird feeder and once they spot that bird they're really taking their time calculating what the perfect moment is to pounce and they really only have one opportunity it's pretty hard actually for cats to successfully hunt birds unless the birds are very young and weak so when you're moving the toy Thinking about okay, your cat's stalking a bird. Now, what's the bird doing? Well, if the bird knows there's a cat in in the vicinity, they're often trying to also figure out like how can I get away from this cat. And so, they're not necessarily going to move quickly because that could draw attention to themselves. They're going to also be kind of calculating, um, or perhaps they're not aware of the cat and they're just doing their own little bird pecking at the ground and you know just hopping and and doing little flights here and there. So what people tend to do when they're playing with their cats is kind of whip the toy around really fast, which can work with kittens because kittens will chase anything that moves and kittens are just racing around like little maniacs doing backflips and zooming all around. But adult cats do tend to be much more calculated and discerning about toy movements. Whereas a kitten is like, okay, if it moves kind of like a bird or a bug, it probably is a bird or a bug and I'll chase it. Whereas that adult cat is going to be like, hmm, is this worth my time? Like convince me, make me think this is a bird or bug. (laughs) And so that's when you really have to move the toy in different ways. But what i found is that cats really respond well. When you move the toy so slowly, it's almost boring for us. And that's why I think people have difficulty with this is because it is really like, there've been times playing with my own cats where it can take a 10 minute buildup where I'm barely moving the toy. The cat is watching the toy the entire time and I like looking like, am I going to butt wiggle or not? And I'm just like, oh, my God, please pounce on the toy. And when they finally do, it's very rewarding. But it's a very long buildup. And I jokingly call this kitty foreplay because I think there's some parallels um, <laughs> that I won't get yeah, into. Yeah, now. I could see that. But it is like a very long, slow buildup for some cats. And it does require patience and moving the toy very slowly. I'm a big fan of props for play as well. So using things like a ripple rug or tissue paper or a tunnel or cushions on your couch or anything that you can move the toy under or between or behind, these are all things that will excite your cat. Because again, thinking about what a prey animal would do, they would, you know, a mouse would go into a hole. A bird would go into a hole in a tree. They might try to hide behind something. So we're just using things in the environment to simulate that predatory experience a little bit better. Okay, so that was moving the toy slowly. What was the other? um, Sorry, there was one more tip that you wanted me to Stick end of the toy
1: under the rug. Oh, yeah. That's like... Yeah, making sure, and you already said this, that the cat's successful and has time to handle it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So the, I mean, the stick end of the toy under the rug is basically my best trick. If your cat will not play, if all else fails, then you can try the stick end of a toy under a rug or under a piece of tissue paper or a towel most cats will go bananas for that one they just love it and it's very much mimicking the mouse going into a mouse hole which cats are naturally attracted to crevices for hunting purposes so it's it's interesting like they kind of have some instincts built in that we can take advantage of like they're attracted to rustling sounds rustling sounds that might indicate a mouse or a bird hopping around in some leaves outside. They're naturally attracted to crevices, places that, you know, little rodents would go into, or if you've ever walked by a tree with a hole in it, you might see some little birds flying in and out of that tree hole. So we're just kind of taking advantage of some of the things that scientists have already noticed about cats for us, that they're naturally attracted to these things when they're hunting. So we can take advantage of that when we're playing with them. Absolutely. What is your favorite toy? Ooh, it's hard to pick just one because it really depends on the cat and how the cat likes it. And, you know, I definitely have a few standbys like classics. So the Go Cat Da Bird is one of those classics. And this is a a wand with a long string and a little series of feathers on the end. And the feathers are very stiff and they're on a swivel attachment. So when you move the de Bird through the air, it makes this really lovely fluttering sound, much like a real bird. And it's got a nice long stick and a nice long string. So you can really um, fly around your room with this toy. It gives you quite a bit of distance too. So if you have a cat who gets a little too excited in play and maybe tries to go for your hands or your legs, the DeBird gives you a lot of distance from your cat while you're playing. So that's a great one. The Cat Dancer is another great toy. It's just a piece of wire with cardboard on the ends, like little curls of cardboard. It's one of the oldest cat toys. So they're, they're definitely like... I feel like the og of interactive toys and it's a very simple toy but it does allow for some really nice small movements that are very bug-like it's a great toy for shy cats because it's very small and quiet so i do love the de bird i mean there's lots i love the um, bamboozler which is a stick with a long piece of like nylon on the end it's kind of like a snake and i also love props for play so i mentioned the the bird i mean sorry the ripple rug and there's also the sheer fun for cats which is a translucent piece of fabric that you can attach to different things and move the toy underneath it so that's another again not a toy but more of a, a supportive prop for play and yeah there's lots of toys so you know the other thing i'll just say is you are going to have to probably buy multiple toys to keep your cat happy because i do recommend rotating out toys frequently but you can make a lot of toys too, and once you have a good wand with a string and a little, you know, swivel attachment on the end, you can add a lot of things to that toy. You can switch out lures. You can buy a lot of different, you know, toys to put on the end, or you can even make things to put on the end, like little pieces of paper. I put green beans and all kinds of weird stuff on on wand toys. That's a good idea because eating green beans is. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, I always like when I buy green green beans, I buy a few extra for my cats cuz they really love to play with green beans.
1: Let's talk about briefly about one of the no's. So laser pointers.
0: Yeah, you know, it's funny. I'm kind of I guess I would describe myself as agnostic about the laser pointer. Like I try not to be too negative about it, but it's also like it's so low on my list of where I would where I would go if I was playing with my cat that it's like eh. some cats are really like really get into the laser pointer i will say so it's not a hard no for me but there are problems and one of the problems is of course your cat can never catch the laser they can never touch it and so much of what i talked about earlier right is that sensation of like feeling it in their paws and their mouth they can never catch the laser so there's a potential there for frustration and we want to make sure that we're making play fun and not frustrating Cats do not seem to be as prone to laser light obsession as dogs do. So this is a, you know, documented issue in dogs that can become a compulsive behavior where they're just looking for lights constantly. And so you want to just be cautious that your cat is not veering into that kind of obsessive compulsive zone where it seems like they're so obsessed with the light that they can't think about anything else. So that's another potential problem. Oh, boy. (laughs) the the other issue is just that people often don't move it in a very natural way so they kind of just turn it off and on and so it, it doesn't follow the law of physics right and i talk a little bit about this in the book is like if you're going to use the laser pointer then at least make it act like a bug would act and move it so if you need to turn it off like have it direct it towards under a door or go out a window or something so it kind of makes sense to your cat that it disappeared instead of just turning it off in the middle of nowhere where your cat's like where did it go And I do recommend if you are going to use one that you use it as like a warm up and then switch to a physical toy and or toss some treats for your cat. So there is kind of a completion of this hunting cycle for them.
1: That's a great idea.
0: Yeah. So I I don't say it's off the table, but it really is like when you think of playing with your cat, the first thing you do is reach for the laser pointer you should read my book. I hope my book will change your mind. And then the laser pointer will just end up at the bottom of a bin and you'll barely like think of it.
1: We were starting to talk about this before, but I also, hopefully we have time for um, the other, but you said that you suggest rotating toys. I should have what like 10 and hide them and rotate them so that they get, my cats get excited when I bring out the toy.
0: Yeah. And I talk about, you know, there's a classic study by Dr. John Bradshaw, who's like one of the world's best cat experts out there. And he's done some really amazing research, including research on play behavior in cats. And, you know, one of his studies showed that cats do get bored of the same toy. Now, we don't know why they get bored of the same toy. Um, I have some thoughts. Like, I think probably they can smell their saliva on it if they've bitten it. Um, There may be other aspects of the toy's features that they just recognize, like, oh, yeah, I've already touched this. I've already played with it. So it is important to have a handful of toys in your repertoire i mean i i really try to focus a lot on like keeping things manageable for people which is why i encourage a lot of diy and like you know find things around the house that you can tie to a string and tie to a stick and now you've got a toy so that you don't have to go out and spend like hundreds of dollars on cat toys recognizing that your cat is going to get bored if you use the same toy over and over again so i like to store all of my toys in a closet organizer system that i have and when we're playing with our cats we kind of have a daily session at a set time and then we also have some spontaneous shorter play sessions throughout the day but i like to go you know grab a toy that i haven't used that day i'll play with it if my cats seem interested if they don't seem interested i go grab a, a different toy and so sometimes when i'm playing with my cats i might go through five or six toys in one single play session we might only get a few minutes out of a toy and then they're like yeah i'm done with this And no okay go get a different one so i do encourage people to have plenty of things you can rotate if not the whole toy then just the lure right which is the piece that goes at the end of the toy the the thing that looks like a mouse or a bird or you know whatever small object you have hanging on the end of the stick and the string so yes um we know that cats do get bored of the same toy within a play session so you do want to just you know try a few different ones don't bring out the same toy. And, you know, there's probably a, a maybe a time where you have to swap some toys with another cat friend of yours or just kind of refresh your supply. But, you know, recognizing that, you know, and, and maybe part of it, again, goes back to their hunting behavior. They shouldn't get bored of hunting, right? Because they need to hunt to survive. So in order to make our toys more prey-like, they should be unique because there's no way the cat would hunt the exact same mouse twice. If they hunted it once, they ate it it's gone. So in that respect, you know, you could argue, well, the cats would be happy if you got them a new toy every single time. <laughs> not realistic, but that is probably what would make them happy because they would definitely know like, oh, I've not killed this one yet. So just keeping that in mind that we do need to bring in some novelty to keep them interested. And once you know that, then it's much more helpful in guiding your play because if you don't know that and you only have one toy and you just assume like, my cat doesn't like to play, Every time I bring the toy out, he ignores it, as opposed to knowing that cats get bored of the same toy over and over again. You know, OK, I can't play with the cat dancer every day because we played the cat dancer yesterday. So today it's going to be the de bird and maybe tomorrow it's going to be the little you know, mouse on the end of a string. And then the day after that, it's going to be the ribbons. And so you kind of have that understanding instead of just going to, oh, he doesn't like to play, you know, OK, I need to bring in some more variety.
1: That's great advice because so many of us pet parents buy two or three, or we buy the little uh, catnip toys that they play with for five minutes, then they're yeah. done. So, yeah. what I want to also emphasize before I, we, because we're almost near closing, but I, what I also want to emphasize to our listeners is this is so much more than just a play with your cat book because you talk about behaviors, you talk about why and how and and what their need for play. But you also have information on playing with cats that are older, that are handicapped, deaf or blind, shelter cats. Just There's just tons of information. It's how to play with your cat, but it's so much more. So it's really a fantastic book. Thank you.
0: Yeah, I really wanted it to be something that could be applicable to even people who don't have cats. So people who work in an animal shelter that might not have a cat, but they work with the cats in the shelter or I certainly didn't want people to think that, well, my cat, this doesn't apply to my cat because X, Y, or Z. So I really did try to think of like every possible X, Y, or Z. Like, okay, your cat's overweight. Your cat's declawed. Your cat is has a disability. So I really tried to bring something to every cat person I could think of and in hopes of encouraging them to find a way to play with their cat.
1: Well, you did that and more. Okay. So if you could tell our listening audience one or two things to remember, besides listening to this podcast, you know, a couple times, but one or two points that you'd like to get across, what would they be?
0: Yeah, I want to get across to them that, that play is something that our cats need to do. It helps them be happy and healthy. We know that play is good for our physical health. It's good for our mental health. This is found across multiple species. So that is the most important thing, I think, is to really understand the responsibility we have as pet parents to make our cats happy like you know i think our cats bring us a lot of joy and we can repay the favor and to that end i think my second point would be just to have fun with it like the book is not meant to be like i said this manual where if you don't do every single thing i say it's wrong it's really not about being right or wrong it's about having fun with your cat and enjoying watching them play because to me it's so fun. I mean, when I play with my cats, I just laugh and I'm always smiling and like, it's, it's just very cute. So I hope that people really like see their cat in a new light and appreciate that side of their cat.
1: I think they will. It's a really good book. I've had other books about play on Catitude, having hosted this show for oh, almost seven years. And this is like, I think my favorite. No, oh, thank you. It's really, it's a really good book so informative and i love when books like you said it's it's like reference style you know there's you read the whole book but you can also go back and reference it which is why you need to buy it because you have to keep reference books so where can people buy it this is this is the book if you want if you have a cat you're gonna you need to play with your cat this is the book to get so um michael where can people find your book
0: yeah. So the book is being put out by Penguin Random House um, by one of their imprints, which is Tartar Perigee. And so you can go to the Penguin Random House website, which um, I believe is... Hold on. I want to just make sure. Um, you can also go to my website, which is michaeldelgado.com and buy it there. So yeah, it's penguinrandomhouse.com forward slash books, and you should be able to find it. And my website, which is michaeldelgado.com, I've got all the links to purchase it, including you know all of the other places that you can typically buy books or you can go to your local bookstore and folks spelled
1: m-i-k-e-l delgado and the link will be on the show page for this episode so michael i want to thank you so much for coming on catitude this has been such a fun show thank you so much thank you for having me it's been really fun well i hope all of you enjoyed this show i found it so informative and i just simply love this book um, Play with your cat by Michael Maria Delgado. And again, you can find out more information when you go to the episode page for this show. I would like to thank everybody listening that listens to Catitude. I so appreciate it. Catitude is one of the most popular podcasts out there. So thank you. I'd like to thank my crew that teaches me about cats Charlotte, Dennis, and Molly, all three very different cats. And whoa, I've learned a lot. And thanks so much to my producer, Mark Winter, who works his magic and makes myself and my guest sound amazing. And hey, remember, lose the attitude of catitude. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.